Betches Media presents. Will you suck? I'm in. To fix this water problem. Sorry to this man. You can have a hundred people in the room. And I, oh, goodbye, Kyle. At Betches. Rise and shine. Welcome back to At Betches. I'm Sarah Levine, co-host of Not Another True Crime Podcast and Betches Editor-in-Chief. I'm Dylan Hafer, co-host of the Mention It All podcast and assistant editor at Betches. I'm Alicia Angelis. I am the account director over at Betches on the partnerships team. So today we're going to be talking about the weirdest 4th of July ever, Kanye West and his possible presidential run how to keep good habits post-quarantine, and more. Uh, Before we get into today's show, we want to tell you what's happening at Betches. Our Good Influence Fund for Racial Justice is still happening. You can go to betches.co slash donate to get information about the four incredible organizations we're raising money for and to make a donation. And this Thursday at 8 p.m., you can head over to the Betches Instagram account for an all-new episode of The Feeling is Virtual, and you can find out who Kay is vibing with this week. I'm so excited to see if Kay gets wifed up at the end of this. Anything could happen. She better. (laughs) Otherwise, what was it for? She's like, if she has to put on this many outfits and like do her makeup this many times while we're in quote unquote quarantine, she better find a man at the end of this. That's what I'm saying. Oh my gosh. This work (laughs) cannot all be nothing. (laughs) Alicia, how was your 4th of July? What was it? How was it different this year? What did you do? So I left Brooklyn for the first time. Basically, it was great. I drove um, to Rochester to visit my boyfriend's family. And it was a little scary because nobody um, really has Corona there anymore. Um, And everybody was kind of like, kind of weird about me having a mask on. (laughs) Uh People were trying to like pressure me to hang out indoors. And I was like, not comfortable. (laughs) Um, so I kind of like was looked at as like the, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I was just constantly like being the buzzkill the entire weekend. Cause people were just like, we could do this. And I'm like, but we can't. <laughs> I know what you mean. I went to my friend's backyard in Connecticut for the afternoon. It was my first time leaving the city since before this all started. And Connecticut is like the only co- state in the country that still is green when you look at the little map. And so Ooh. there, I mean, they're like wearing masks and stuff when they go in stores and things like that. But like, just when they're like living their lives, they're not super worried about it. And so it's like, you really have to be the one that's like, okay, no, like I'm going to sit over here. Like, I don't want to put you in any kind of risk. And so, yeah, it's weird being in a situation where you have to be like the enforcer of social distancing. That's so, how did they do it? Like everybody in these states, I feel like is just like completely forgetting about what we just did. If that makes sense. Like I just like people were like, Oh, you're wearing a mask. And I'm like, yes. (laughs) Like I don't know how to explain it any other way. Um, (laughs) So it's definitely something that took some getting used to, but like overall, like Austin's family was like super, super like careful and stuff. But like, it was just people out and things like that that really irritated me. And I have to say, too, the fireworks did not stop over there. I was convinced because I was in the middle of nowhere. I wouldn't hear fireworks at night. And it was awful. Oh, my God. I was just, like, I thought we were, like, basically in Canada and that wouldn't happen. <laughs> I definitely have heard them, like, in Astoria, but it's really not so bad. And there will be, like, a few. And then it stops, like, at a normal hour. 
the night it's been i've had a lot of fireworks in the last few weeks in my neighborhood but the night of the fourth of july was obviously the worst i was back in the city by like 7 p.m so right in time for the fireworks to start popping off and it was it was one of those things where i kind of fell asleep at like 12 31 but then i was just like falling asleep and waking up over and over again until like 4 a.m oh my god have they stopped though uh, they've slowed down, I would say, but I definitely still heard some last night. So, oh my God, you know, maybe it's the cops, maybe it's not, but <laughs> we'll see. So, Sarah, you were here. Yeah, I was in Astoria. I just went to the park. Nothing serious. That's it. Honestly, it's we- it feels weird, like celebrating the Fourth of July right now because it's like we just yeah. have done this whole. You know, the last month, everyone's been talking about, you know, social justice and all of that. And so all of a sudden, when it's like, let's celebrate the 1700s, it's like, wait, what? Why? Yeah, (laughs) no, I definitely wasn't celebrating it. I was just like, it's Saturday. Right, right. It was just, it was an excuse to go be in nature, but like not, not in an America way. (laughs) No, I definitely saw some people on Instagram and stuff like doing the whole American flag bikini thing and I was like uh, <laughs> I'm passing this time around but like you guys go have fun it just felt so uncomfortable like I didn't think I would judge people on Instagram over the fourth but like I really did like it was <laughs> really out of hand I was I just, just like, like why are we even wearing red <laughs> this is ridiculous <laughs> yeah I'd like to suggest that maybe as a society we've moved past the need for American flag bikinis maybe yeah. we don't have to I, do that anymore I think that's a hot take that I can get behind flag tees questionable American flag bikinis definitely not <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, and hopefully we will have progress as a society by next year and have no more of those exactly <laughs> This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Think of yourself like a bottle of sparkling water. Get too shaken up and you're eventually going to burst. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I love therapy. I've been to therapy for many years and I love that when I have a big problem, I don't have to wait and let it fester and let it get bigger. I can start bringing it up in therapy and talk through it before it becomes an even bigger problem. Figuring out how to find coping skills when I've encountered anything that triggers me or stresses me is one of the main things that I've really learned from therapy and has helped me so much in my life. It's helped me to be a better version of myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Betches today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Betches. Also, uh, weekend, I think, didn't he say this on July 4th? Kanye On July 4th, yeah. On July 4th, of all days. Kanye tweeted that he intended to run for president. Now, here's my thing, because everyone freaked out, but this is not news to any of us. Like, Kanye has been talking about his intentions to run for president as early as 2015. Mm-hmm. I just, I want to know, I want to know what made him send that tweet on the 4th of July. Because Kanye is one of those people where he'll go on a Twitter rampage for like two weeks and just tweet all the time and about a wide range of topics. And then he'll basically disappear from social media for like two years. 
And so he's, he's been back on Twitter lately. He congratulated Kim on being a billionaire last week. You know, he's been, he posted some weird like yurts that are under construction in Wyoming. And then he dropped this presidential tweet. And so I'm really curious whether he just feels like talking right now or whether this is actually going to be a thing. And he hasn't tweeted about it since Saturday. So like if you're running a campaign, you got to keep posting about it. I mean, the question is, do we think that there's a new album on the way or do we think that a new season of Keeping Up With Their Kardashians is coming out? Like, (laughs) I hope. I don't know. He also, he teased a new album last week, which honestly for him at this point doesn't mean much because he's always teasing an album, but he dropped a new song with Travis Scott that I was kind of into. So I'm like, can we just focus on that? Last week. Oh my God. See, I didn't even know that happened. (laughs) How did I not know that happened? I think probably because I was like stalking his Twitter. There you go. Already primed for the content. But Dylan, you wrote an article and you basically broke down if this is actually, if Kanye is just talking shit basically, or if he's actually going to run for president. So everyone should go read that on Betches.com. But do you want to just give us some points? Yeah. So basically he's obviously missed the cutoff to be the Democrat or the Republican running for president. We already have, that's done for the most part. But so there's all these rules. If you want to run as an independent candidate, each state has their own set of rules because we can't do anything in a cohesive way in this country ever. So every state has their own filing deadline for an independent candidate running for president. So some of those deadlines already happened. Like Texas had their deadline, I believe back in June, and that's a state with a lot of electoral votes. So you would think if you were serious about running for president, you would have made this call before any of these deadlines happened. But they also require you to get signatures to get your name on the ballot. And in states like Florida and California, you need over 100,000 signatures. In California, it's almost 200,000. So obviously Kanye has a lot of fans, but if, he, if he's serious about getting his name on the ballot, he has a lot of work to do coming up this summer. And I feel like, I feel like he's not going to do it. <laughs> Yeah, let's truly just hope that Kanye is not serious. Um, In terms of like celebrities I would want to see run for president, I think he's on the bottom of that list because he just embodies chaotic energy and we've had enough of that as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, he is so out of touch with like everything that's been going on and like we already have seen how awful it is to have somebody who's inexperienced and like I just can't imagine having to go through that again. And yeah. We, we can't know. replace one serial tweeter with another. I think we need to aim higher. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I think Kim Kardashian would make a better president than Kanye. Low she's key, least, yeah. She's going to law school. She seems like she really is like a coherent businesswoman. Uh, she's, she can speak she's, a sentence, maybe. She's gotten her way through arguments before. I mean, Kim is certainly problematic, but I, feel, I would feel like she would have more of an idea of what to do. But maybe just no Kardashians should be president. <laughs> I that would be possibly the one of the worst things that could happen ever. Yeah. Imagine, I mean, I hope. <laughs> imagine how much of a joke we are already in other countries. And then if we elected Kanye as our president. I literally texted my friend in Singapore to be like, so does the rest of the world think that we're just Florida? And she was like, Yeah. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, what a mess. What a mess. I don't even think that Kanye like intends to win or become president. I just think that he wants to like divert enough votes that Trump will win again. 
because we know they're like friends. Absolutely. I feel like he's conspiring with him like 100%. Like there has to be some sort of thing. It's either that or he's like coming up with new music or releasing a season of the Kardashians. Like I have no idea which of the three, but it has to be one. The thing is, it seems, so Kanye has been friendly with Trump before, but at least in my mind, I want to think that most people who would otherwise be like Democratic voters are smart enough not to fall for Kanye's shit. Mm-hmm. and wouldn't vote for him. But then it doesn't really seem like Kanye would want to pull votes away from Trump because he's like worn the MAGA hat before. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know yeah, what they're a, trying to do. No, I mean, that's a valid point. You just can never know with Kanye. He just does whatever he wants. Yeah, let's just hope it's a publicity set and it'll be over soon. Oh my God. And let's hope that nobody writes in Kanye as a joke. Please do not do it. I don't think anyone listening to this is like quite that foolish, but you never know these days. You know, I hope so. If you're, if you're listening and you're considering that, um, maybe like read a book or something. (laughs) An article (laughs) or two. Go put on an American flag bikini. (laughs) Read a book. Please don't do it. (laughs) And that's We've all been there, trying to fit everything we might need for a trip, only to end up with a suitcase bursting at the seams. But with Base, there's room for everything. 15 pairs of underwear for a weekend trip? No problem. Deciding between a few pairs of shoes? Bring them all with Base. It is my go-to travel bag. I love that the bag expands because I'm a chronic overpacker, and it still fits in the overhead compartment. It just makes it so much easier to travel when I know there's a special place for everything. It makes me feel like a more organized version of myself. And I love that cushioned handle. I always get compliments on it, too, from anyone who's helping me with my bags. Base is thought of everything you could ever want in a piece of luggage. 360 degree gliding wheels, a cushioned handle, built-in weight indicator, washable bags for your dirty clothes, and all the interior pockets you need. Their luggage comes in multiple sizes and colors, and for shorter trips, the weekender bag is super functional and even has a place to store your shoes separately. Every piece is made to look better with miles, so you don't have to worry about it in cargo or overhead. And Base has over 30,000 five-star reviews. Whether you're packing for a quick trip or looking to breeze through the security line, Base has your personal items covered. Right now, Base is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash betches go to basetravel.com slash betches for 15% off your first purchase that's b-e-i-s travel.com slash betches well in other news um hamilton is getting some backlash for glorifying slave owners um i think this kind of started on twitter with um you know over the weekend um hamilton became available on disney plus i still have not watched it Dylan, you did, right? Yeah, I did. It's good. I mean, we'll talk, I guess it could be problematic, but like they they did a good job. (laughs) Yeah. So now, I mean, people on Twitter and articles have come forward um, basically just criticizing it for glorifying slave owners. Yeah. I mean, I think it's impossible for him to have put together a two and a half hour production and like have capitalized on every single take that would have been possible to come up with. Like he also wrote it during the Obama administration that I think is a completely different time. So as much as I agree with the criticism, I feel as if like Hamilton has really kind of transcended culture in so many ways, and I wouldn't necessarily jump to really take it down 
at this time. I mean, nobody's safe, of course, but I still love Hamilton deep down. Yeah, I mean, I think Disney Plus made way too much money off those subscriptions to take down Hamilton. (laughs) That's just my (laughs) personal theory. It's interesting because I feel like in our society, we, we talk a lot about cancel culture and all of that, but I think there's a specific urge that people have when something is universally praised or gets, you know, really highly regarded. Mm-hmm. Some people just have that itch where they're like, I want to find what's wrong with it. I want to say something bad about it because every, everyone else is saying great things about it and it can't, it can't just be perfect. And I think, so Lin-Manuel Miranda responded to some of this criticism on Twitter and he basically said that all of the criticism is valid and essentially just said, I wrote what I wrote. I did my best. You can talk about it however you want. Like, I mean, Lin-Manuel Miranda has plenty of coins in the bank. He has his awards. He's good. At At this point, like, even if nobody said a nice word about Hamilton, for the rest of time he can still go to sleep at night so i feel like it's the kind of thing where it's good that we're having conversations about it and it's not a topic that should be swept under the rug but at mm. the same time you know you everything is it's one person's perspective and to to look at hamilton just the way they've do, always done diverse casting and really you know brought so much of that you know, that they did something really historic with that where they told this classic story with, you know, colorblind casting and have, you know, so much diversity on the stage. And mm-hmm. so, you know, maybe the way they talk about or don't talk about slavery is a problem. But then in this other category, they did something that was so progressive. So it's hard. I mean, nothing is perfect. So it's hard to, you know, balance that. Yeah, I was listening to um, some interviews that he was doing in advance of their release and like, he really touched on like what inspired him to even make this entire play and how Alexander Hamilton is like the only founding father who like came from somewhere else and like how he was really trying to capitalize on like the immigrant story and also make room for something that he felt was missing in Broadway. And yes, I think that some of this stuff can be problematic, but like he never made any of the characters be somebody who like we idolize by any means. It was more so just like, telling a story in a unique way that we can all kind of find entertainment in, which is really special. Have you seen it? I did see it. I went to see the original cast like back in the day. Wow. Um, It was unreal. (laughs) My sister actually um, like wrote her college senior thesis on it and like was super, super into it. So I feel as if like I've always looked at it from this insane, same lens on how it basically created this entire space for like Lin-Manuel to now like be one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's interesting that we don't have that many people in our like celebrity culture now who are like composers and musicians like that, that are just known for being like I don't know, like creators and it's, you know, a lot of those people historically have been Mm -hmm white men and so I think that's also notable like the diversity on stage is a great thing but also to have somebody who's so you know kind of well respected in that field who doesn't look like a lot of the other people who have been there before that's you know so many fields are still kind of limited in you know diversity and who gets a chance so yeah my sister 
my sister uses this term called cultural touchstone when she talks about it. And she's like, (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going to say I came up with it because she did. But (laughs) she basically was just talking about how like, you don't hear of all these plays like in like something that was sung to the Obamas in something that people talk about in different books and that people talk about all across the world. Like not every play has that effect on everyone. And this one did. So like, Sure, it wasn't perfect, but I think it yeah. did a lot of good things. I mean, realistically, I don't think Hamilton's going anywhere. I think it'll be just fine. <laughs> and I think, um, you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda's response was like, good. it seems adequate, you know? It's kind of like, right. you're right to criticize it. Like, nothing is ever going to, nothing is perfect. And it was obviously, like, written in, in an extremely problematic time period. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. I have no thoughts. I've never seen Hamilton. I've really never even listened to the soundtrack. I'm just kind of like, whatever about it in general. <laughs> I'm the kind of person where I'm so cynical that, like, I want to be jaded and, like, whatever. But then I watched it on Disney Plus and I was, like, still crying. So, you know, <laughs> okay, it is maybe I'll watch it then. <laughs> it's really, really amazing. I haven't watched it on Disney Plus yet, but, like, I understand the hype of the actual play. Okay, I I can maybe give Hamilton a chance. What else am I doing anyway? (laughs) Right, like one of the many nights of sitting at home. (laughs) Yeah, when I'm not binging Real Housewives in New York for like eight hours. Yeah. (laughs) Also, I have no interest in ever really learning about Alexander Hamilton, but like he made me actually enjoy it. Like, why do we need to really learn more U.S. history (laughs) at this point? I mean, we need to learn... The correct U.S. history. Yes. But I feel that. <laughs> yes. Right. Like, we yes. need to learn the U.S. history that's not, like, racism was bad, but then in the 60s it ended. <laughs> yeah. Or I saw that tweet that was, like, and then the Native Americans gave us a big lunch and everything was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> the correct version of history would be very much appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> We're laughing so we don't scream. <laughs> we, have lo- we have a lot of work to do. <laughs> Listen, we all know that scratchy PJs can make a cranky kid. I want my kids to be comfy when they sleep and are rested in the morning. And that's why I snuggle them up in Little Sleepies. Little Sleepies makes award-winning bamboo PJs that moms rave about. I am said mom. I am obsessed with Little Sleepies. They are so, so, so soft. I just got one that was the Checkmates Zippy for my son, Lucas. It's so adorable. And it's limited edition, so everybody go check it out. Little Sleepy's Zip Romper Pajamas, a.k.a. Zippies, the ones that I got, were designed with thoughtful details like fold-over feet, mittens, and a double zipper to make the middle-of-the-night diaper changes easier. Made from the buttery, soft, custom-milled Luna Luxe Bamboo Viscose, their Zip Footy Pajamas are gentle on sensitive skin and babies with eczema. But what parents rave about the most? How long they fit. And Little Sleepies makes the best baby shower gift. They have inclusive sizing from preemie to adults 3X. There are also nursing and pregnancy-friendly styles available for adults. So try a pair of Little Sleepies today. Fair warning, you'll never go back. You can try Little Sleepies for yourself by visiting littlesleepies.com. Plus, get 15% off your order on littlesleepies.com with code BETCHES. That's L-I-T-T-L-E-S-L-E-E-P-I-E-S.com with promo code BETCHES. We do have a lot of work to do, and fortunately, we have a lot of time. 
I, I think that we're all still kind of like referring to this time period as quarantine, even though you can still technically do some things, right? Yeah, I feel like quarantine is like a state of mind now more than an actual <laughs> I'm being quarantined. <laughs> I think it's like a lifestyle. It's true. <laughs> like I a mean, nice diet. What is so bad about like staying in your house more? Because I mean, I should have been doing that from the beginning. I should not have been going out so much and spending money on dumb stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I completely agree. <laughs> I mean, I was definitely the person who was going out to eat all the time. I was going yeah, out totally. during the day, every single weekend. But then I would also not even believe people when they would be like, oh, a good way to save money is like by staying home and cooking. I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that can't be true. And then I looked at my just bank account balance and I was like, fuck. And also like, I don't know, I, I'm objectively like healthier mm -hmm. like I think I just lost five pounds from just not drinking every night <laughs> but when I was it's, doing that I was like no that can't be real <laughs> it's interesting because so there's this article that was really interesting in the New York Times about how when we go back to quote-unquote normal we're gonna have to relearn whatever good habits that we've made because all of a sudden you are like going about your normal day and then if you've been cooking every night, all of a sudden you have to remind yourself that, oh yeah, that's still a good thing to do. But I feel like it's gonna be really strange when we do, so as of right now, we're working from home for the next couple months, but who knows what's gonna happen after that. And it's if and when we do go back to, okay, you're in the office every morning at like 9.30, that's gonna be so strange just having to, you know, wake up at a certain time and actually get dressed and you know it's just it's gonna really feel like an adjustment after like at least six months of not having to do that it's i don't think really i ever want to go back to our office i know <laughs> as much as i miss everybody i'm like what's the point i'm saving so much money and time not having to commute and also now i feel like i'm really getting the most out of my rent money yeah. I, I did the math the other day. So now I haven't bought an unlimited Metro card four months in a row, which is over $500. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really feel as if work from home is really just going to take off after this. I know we just got a new office, so we aren't going to reap all the benefits. But like, I wish that we can kind of just keep continuing this momentum because it's been kind of nice now that we've gotten used to it. Yeah, I feel like it was like, in the beginning, it kind of felt like a social experiment. And I was like, I'm going to be insane if I don't speak to someone. But I don't know. Now I've kind of gotten used to it. And it's nice to be able to roll out of bed and then just sign on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because there's been a couple times where I've had for, um, for the Bravo podcast, we've done some interviews at the end of the workday because people are on the West Coast. And so we'll interview someone at like 5 p.m. or 5.30. And... I have to plan my day so that I have time to shower before my interview at five because I know I'm not showering at like yeah. 9 a.m. So I'm like, okay, like I'll work till 4.45 and then I'll get ready and then I'll finish my work <laughs> after. It's just so, it's weird because back in whatever it was, March and I guess April too, it was like, we were planning so many Zoom events and happy hours and I'm calling people that I normally wouldn't talk to that much and texting friends all the time. And now I feel like everyone's kind of settled in where it's like, yeah, I mean, there's, I still talk to people and, you know, I'll 
it's nice to check in with people sometimes, but we've, I've definitely let go of that feeling of constantly needing to have Zoom plans or whatever. I went to like two Zoom happy hours and I was like, I'm frankly good. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I wonder what's going to really happen though. Like I know I can imagine all of us like starting to transition back into the office and be like, oh no, like we can't do this. Like I'm imagining a lot of angry people and just like a lot of transitioning back (laughs) into this like quote normal life. Like, I can't even I'll think see. about the I first can't see day. anything happening. I know there are companies who are like, who've already decided not to have people come in until 2021. Some companies are like, don't come in until there's a vaccine. It's who the hell knows. It's, also, it's one thing, like, I, I feel like it's good. We're going to see more places doing kind of like a hybrid or a, mm-hmm. you know, do what you want thing where, you know, for our company, we have a podcast studio and a video team and all of that. And for some of those things, like for them to do video shoots, obviously it makes a huge difference if you're able to, you know, go and do that in real life versus making it work over Zoom. But, you know, if I'm just writing my little article, (laughs) then it's like, it doesn't really make a difference if I'm sitting right next to you. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I hope we have a nice transition, but you know. (laughs) <laughs> sure we will <laughs> do you guys feel like do you guys feel like you've made specific habits during quarantine that you want to keep going after i'm actually working out every day just because like if i'm sitting on my butt for you know 10 hours a day i physically need to do like just like 30 minutes of something where i'm not sitting on my butt Cause then like when you try to lay down at night, my body's like, I've been doing this all day. It's not even comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've definitely been more into like doing like little 30 minute workouts. It's been really nice mentally, physically, what have you. Um, one thing that I have also started doing is like drinking almost every single day. And I like, don't want to keep doing I'm that. I'm always so jealous. <laughs> oh, your cocktails look amazing. I know. <laughs> But it's really gotten unhealthy. Like, I feel as if, like, now, I, if I go two days without a drink, I'm like, ah! like I like, can't. Right. So, it's, so you're not, like, going out the way you used to, but it's more of just a casual thing that you've gotten accustomed to. Yeah. And it's nothing crazy. It's, like, one or two drinks every day. But, like, it's something that I don't need to have forever. Like, I'm hoping I could get rid of that habit once this is over. <laughs> <laughs> That makes sense. I feel like I, I, before it was in terms of like going out to eat, it was more like I went out to eat when I had plans. And so it happened, you know, every, however often, whereas now because going out to eat hasn't really been a thing. It's like, I can order delivery whenever I feel like it basically. And so it's one of those things where before it was like, either I'm going out to eat or I'll stay home to cook. And now it's like, oh, like any random night I could just order takeout or whatever. And it's like, okay, I probably should not do that whenever I feel like it. Yeah, Yeah. I really need to learn to cook. It's shameful (laughs) that I haven't thus far. Sarah. I mean, I know how, but the thing is I'm just so lazy and I like don't care. Like, I don't know. I'm just like not picky about food and I'm also lazy to the point where I hate putting in like a lot of effort to like, to cook a meal that I'm eating by myself in 10 minutes and then I have to spend longer cleaning it up than I did eating it. And then I just <laughs> <make> pasta again. <laughs> I'm the same. I'm the same way. I got, 
I got a home chef delivery because we did um, ads for them on the Bravo podcast. And it was so nice to like have all the stuff right there. But when yeah. I have to put in the effort myself, I'm like, I don't know. Same. I'm like, oh, I got to peel garlic? No, thanks. <laughs> garlic <laughs> is the most... It's like boiling pasta, sure, great. Can do it any night of the week. But when once you're like chopping things. <laughs> yeah. Wow, this is work. <laughs> I like to think of like it as your therapy. Yeah, I've really been locking down all of like the wife skills. I feel like you're doing great. I feel like I totally messed up because I went to the grocery store and I bought, you know, all the things I thought I would need for two weeks. I didn't get any like meat or fish because I thought I had some in the freezer and I don't. Mm. So That's now, I'm like, great, I'm going to be eating plain pasta for a week. <laughs> yeah, I have not been good about the long-term grocery shopping. It's like, I, I just can't, I can't. It's really hard if much. you're also just like cooking for one person because it's either like you don't buy enough or you buy too much and then it goes bad. I know. I have started really planning my meals, which is insane, but like I it, in the beginning, I was going to the grocery store and just being completely lost. And was like, I don't even know what I want to eat in a week. And I can't come here um, for another 10 days after this. <laughs> so right? at first I was like buying the whole grocery store. And then I've now started to be a little more regulated, but it's tough for sure. I'm, make, I'm making a mental note because I bought a big like bag of oranges yesterday and I need to eat one after we're done recording because I already know they're going to go bad before yeah. I finish them. <laughs> do this, eat an orange. <laughs> you know okay. that's the level we're at right now and it is what it is <laughs> yeah I feel like at, at the very least quarantine is like forcing millennials to like be adults mm-hmm. I, I do feel like yeah I'll say I probably didn't feel like an adult at all up until like quarantine I started feeling like oh like I think I have it together sometimes but then there's also all the horrible days of quarantine like especially during like April and May like I think it's okay to sure get some of your shit together, but it's also okay to like break down sometimes and like be a little sad sometimes. Totally. I mean, what also, the hell even was April? Like, I don't think I remember a single event. Good Friday. Maybe? No, no, no. <laughs> April it was a dark was, month. April was a wash. <laughs> yeah. Complete April wash. April was a wash. June was nothing normal happened in June. Cause it, it was just like we, with, for good reason, we were all focused on more important things than like our everyday life. Mm-hmm. And now it's July and t- 2020 just hasn't existed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's interesting that we're going into a new month and like something catastrophic has yet to happen. So I'm kind of waiting for like, <laughs> like I'm kind of just eager to see what happens this month and how things begin to change I don't know if I'm eager for anything about 2020 but a spike in coronavirus I think that's certainly what we have up up the sleeve yeah I know I'm watching those New York case numbers every day and I'm like you're doing good just hold on hold on you're amazing sweetie Seems, yeah. seems inevitable, but I will try and keep the hope alive. <laughs> <laughs> we hope everyone continues to stay safe in quarantine or whatever you're calling this period. Uh, and you can follow us on Instagram. Follow me at Sarah Lamim, new social handle. I almost said <laughs> the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow me at Dylan Hafer and follow at Bravo by Betches if you like Real Housewives and shit like that. Oh, yes. And you could follow me at Alicia V. Angelis. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Woo!
Betches.